Well, good morning and greetings in Jesus' precious name. It's good to be here, even though it looks like not near as many as could be. I mean, a bunch of them at the cabin. And, but it's still good to be here together. Thank you, Jason, for coming and sharing as well. Matt, you took me down memory lane 25 some years ago. I was ordained beginning of October and Monday evening was a mid-Atlantic ministers meeting and then the end of October was uh, the study week and Roy Longenecker said, I'm going, you gonna go with me? And I went with and I was that was something I always enjoyed, but I'll be honest, that first year, or that first week, about halfway through the week, I had it. <laughs> I was up, I couldn't swim no more. <laughs> I went for a walk that evening or that afternoon and I called my wife and I just owned my heart out. But you know, Like you said, it doesn't have, whether you're educated, whether you're very intelligent, that's not all that matters. It's whether you're in tune with God and serving Him and doing it His way. And so I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed study weeks and I encourage anyone go. It doesn't have to be ministry only. There are a few times in the years that I went that there were some young people there. There were some that were going in the mission field, not necessarily ordained, but it was. it is a challenge for all of us just to sit under the sound of His Word and the experiences of other people sharing the Word of God. And just, it was, anyhow, there's a lot. And you know, you had said there's the sermon preparation, you know, probably doesn't include some of these others, but we're having an ordination coming up, so someone will need to keep, continue on with preparing the messages and sharing it. Anyhow, enough. This morning, as you know, it's council message. And you know, when you think of council, there's always a lot, you know, there's some certain verses that always come to my mind when I think of counsel or when I think of, of uh, examining my heart, examining my life. And so this morning, hopefully, I can just challenge us in preparing our hearts, examining our life, see where we're at with our walk with God, to see whether we are partaking of communion in an orderly manner. Are we prepared? Is our heart prepared to, or are we reflecting on what Christ had done for us there at Calvary? He, he did so very much for us. Are we reflecting upon that, or are we just living life? So thinking of council message, see where we're at. First verse that I had to think of, that I always think of, is search me, O God, and know my heart, try me, 
and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God. When we think of examining ourselves, opening ourselves up before God and say, search me and allow you, search me thoroughly and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts. The Bible in basic English has, brings out to know my thoughts. It says, let my wandering thoughts be tested. Test my wandering thoughts. Are they where they ought to be? Are my thoughts where God where it is God glorifying. And see if there be any wicked or hurtful or offensive way in me, and then lead me in the way everlasting. Another one is Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create that clean heart, you know, in me a clean heart, you know, so that we can worship in the right way. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, Prove your own selves. Know ye, not your, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Something that each one of us needs to do is examine our own selves. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. Your, my brother can't do it for me. My sister can't do it. Your parents can't do it. It is up to you individually. We cannot rely on the faith of, of someone else to carry us through. It is examine yourself, see whether you are appreciative what God has done for us. My mind had to go or thought of the ten virgins. We know the account of the ten virgins. They, they started out, they all had lamps and their lights are burning, waiting for the bridegroom to come. And while they were waiting, they were sleeping there and when they hollered at midnight they said you know that you know he's coming and they got up and trimmed their lamps and the five said to the five foolish said to the five wise they said give us of your oil and the five wise said not so unless i don't have enough for ourselves you know it might not be enough for both of us so we can't rely on someone else's testimonies or their life it is what you do with it for yourself. It's up to you. So, yeah. And then in the passage there in Matthew 25, there were, in the, of the ten virgins, there were two words that caught my attention. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Thinking of slumber and slept. When you, somebody slumbers, it's too early for seeing anybody slumbering this morning yet, <laughs> but uh, they usually kind of get comfortable and kind of slouch down and just pretty soon you see them nodding and, you know, just, and before long you soon realize they, they're with you at one time and next time you look they're not with you no more. They're slumbering. Or, and then it even says, you know, they slept and slept. So you nod off someone who is slouched down, not very active or alert, nodding away one minute, he's with you. Next minute, he is gone. Not aware of what is going on around him. Eventually overtaken with sleep or by sleep. I had to think, you know, something that you and I 
need to guard continually spiritually that we don't become inactive that we come become so relaxed that we just not aware of what's going on around us what's going on beside us or around me let's make sure that we don't become so relaxed or so inactive unaware of what's going on where do I find myself? Where do you find yourself this morning? Am I growing closer or am I growing colder in my spiritual life? Am I drawing closer to him or am I becoming colder to my Lord? We can't coast along in our Christian walk. When we put it in neutral, we will not stay close. We begin to drift away. The promise that we have in God's word is draw nigh unto me and or draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to unto you so we have that promise if we draw nigh to him that's not a coasting toward him it's a drawing nigh it's, it takes effort it's not something that we can become so relaxed and just drift along so where are we at am I growing closer or colder I would like to challenge us with our love for him this morning I have thinking of that there's a looks like I didn't tell Carl to make this thing big enough he asked me how big to make this and I told him uh, pretty big <laughs> but anyhow it's better than nothing better than holding your everything up here so do you find your love growing deeper richer stronger is are you growing in your love for the Lord is your love growing deeper and stronger for him or has it gone has it grown cold there's a song that the gospel express used to sing i don't know if, if they still do but there's one that stood out to me that uh, expresses my burden for us as a church it is do you have the first love i'll just read it i'm not going to sing it do you have the first love the savior gave you when you knelt at the altar that day when you cried oh dear lord please have mercy save my soul all my sins take away second verse have you drifted away from the savior is the love that you had now grown cold won't you come and return and be faithful now is the time to be bold do you have the first love the Savior gave you? Is that fire still a burning in your soul? Do you feel the same way that you did on that day? Does your zeal keep you pressing toward your goal? Is that, does that describe, do you have that first love? You remember there when you cried out to him, gave it all to him and said, Lord, save me. And the freedom that you had when he saved your soul and all your sins were taken away. Is that how it is in your life now? Is that how I find it in my life? Or have you drifted away from the Savior? Is the love that you had now grown cold? Won't you come and return and be faithful? Now is the time to be bold. I was just yeah, that just challenges me in my love for my Savior. For a passage of Scripture, 
of verses from I had to think of, of losing my love or left, leaving my first love is from Revelation 2, a couple verses there, Revelation 2, 2 through 5. And this was the angel of the church, <clears throat> unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, or to the church there at Ephesus, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, hast found them liars, and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Thinking of our first love, I had to think of this passage. Here Jesus tells him, he, he excuse me, I have got a bad cold. I called Mike and said, you sure you want me to come? And he said, yeah, go ahead, come. So <laughs> and hopefully I won't pass it on to anybody else. Would this be the message that Jesus has for Word of Hope? Recommendations? Of, he, he would commend them for, commend you all for certain things, their, their strengths, but then he also brought out their weakness or their, their sin of leaving their first love. <clears throat> And then he says in verse 5, he says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. He calls them to repentance if you have left your first love. In my study I have came across a, a paper that I'm guessing I got at a study week or something. I'm not quite sure. I don't know where it came from. I didn't have it written on. and it's, I have lost my first love. I've changed the lost my first love to I have left my first love. And there are seven statements that I'd like to look at and to see where you're at. I, so if I have left my first love, when, number one is, when my soul does not long for times of rich fellowship in God's word or in prayer. I have left my first love when my soul does not long for times of rich fellowship in God's word or in prayer. Verse that goes with it is, that fits with it is, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all thy strength. This is the first commandment. How is your love for God and his word? How is your alone time with him? Are you longing for that time? Or where are we at? Where am I at? When we don't have that longing or desire to be alone with, with the one I love so, or the one you love so, you have lost or you have left your first love. Am I longing to take time with him? <clears throat> 
spend time with him alone. How precious is your time with God. If you really long for that time with him in the word or in prayer, you will take time. You will find time for that. You will set it aside regardless of what your day holds. You will find time if you really want that. You know, we, we find time to do what we really want. You know, I had to think, how precious is that time that we set aside to be with God? Are we willing to take that time? I had to think of how easy can we be interrupted over that time. I would encourage you, I don't know, maybe you use your devices to study or to the time of being in the Word. Maybe you use your device to be for your Word. You know, you read your Bible through that. I would encourage you, the device, if you don't use it to read, keep it somewhere else, not right beside you. Because that thing will jingle and you'll forget all your reading and you'll, oh, I gotta see what my friend has to say or something like that. Make that time. To be alone with him. Have a longing, a desire to grow. This is how our faith grows. By hearing, by availing ourselves to the word of God. Allowing it to speak to our hearts. Allow it to penetrate. Our faith needs, our lives need the input of the word of God. Continually, daily, not once, not only Sunday mornings. So when my soul does not long for times of rich fellowship with God or in his word or in prayer, I have lost or I have left my first love. Number two, I have left my first love when my thoughts during leisure moments do not reflect upon the Lord. I have left my first love when my thoughts during leisure moments do not reflect upon the Lord. Where do your thoughts go to the most? At leisure times, where do your thoughts go? What are you dwelling on? What are you thinking on throughout the day, throughout the week? Is it on the things of the Lord? What he has done there at Calvary, how he has taken your sins away, how he has set you free, that you aren't under the burden of sin and the guilt of sin. Or where do your thoughts go? As a man thinketh, in his heart, so is he. When you're alone, private life, what are your thoughts? Where are your thoughts going? You know, nobody knows except you and God. What? Quote, I am what I think about when alone, not what I pretend to be in public. Do the two match? My thought life in private and what I pretend to be in public. Do they match? Do they describe you? Do they describe you for who you are? I am what I think about when alone, not what I pretend to be in public.
what we fill our minds with is what usually what we think on the most. When you fill it with cars, business, sports, hobbies, latest fads, fill it with hunting, that's usually what we think about. You know, when we put garbage into our minds, we can't expect good and godly thoughts to be coming out of our minds. Usually what we put in is what will be what we will be thinking on. So let's be careful what we put in. Number three, I have left my first love when I do not willingly and cheerfully give to God's work or to the needs of others. First John 3, a couple verses there that go with this. I've left my first love when I do not willingly and cheerfully give to God's work or to the needs of others. First John 3, 16, 17 is actually the verse that goes well with it, but I want to read 16, 17, and 18. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassions from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Thank you. <laughs> just got a tickle that I can't get rid of. When I do not willingly and cheerfully give of, to God's work and to the needs of others. Here it says that, But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? When we see the needs around us and we close up our hearts and, our, and don't be willing to give, to help, I have... You know, when I do not willingly and cheerfully give to the Lord's work, I wrote down, Oh Lord, help me. This is something that, yes, we as ministers struggle with it as well as anybody else, of doing it willingly and with a good spirit, good attitude, cheerful attitude of doing it for the Lord. Do we give willingly, cheerfully to God's work? Not only money or time. Are you available? Am I available? when there is a need am i available do i avail myself to the needs around us or am i always too busy that nobody would ask you to help or to send somebody your way because we're always too busy 
Am I available to walk beside a brother, a sister, or a neighbor? What about when the neighbor comes over and says, hey, what about, you know, I need some help. Could you come and help me? Or a neighbor comes and says, my sister down the so-and-so place needs some help. Could you help me? Are we available? Yes, there are times that we can't, but there is time. Let's do it willingly and cheerfully. Reach out to those around us. Help them. Help where we can. I have left my love, my first, I have left my first love when I do not willingly and cheerfully give to God's work. Number four, I have left my first love when I view the commands of Christ as restrictions to my happiness rather than expressions of his love. John 14 talks about his love or our love for him and his love. 1421, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Here it says, the one that loves me is the one that has my commandments, one that has heard him and has hid him in his heart, has him as part of him, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And then verse 14, or 15, in the same chapter, it says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. If ye love me, keep my commandments. It has the idea that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not, a, it's not really an option. If you really love me, you will keep my commandments. You will be obedient to, to him. In the next chapter of John, he writes that, Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. So there, if you want to be his friend, you will do whatever he commands you. So obedience to his word and his commands will show that you love him. He that hath and keepeth them. He it is that loves, loves him. So when we think of the commands of scripture, it says just the ones of love. First of all, I, I had said that we are to love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second one is love your neighbor as thyself. You know, so that is a command that we have. Are we obedient to his commands? When we think of love, there's you're to love your neighbor as yourself. You're to love your enemy. Your husbands are to love your wives. As Christ loved the church, we are to submit one to another. Wives are submit to their husbands. Children obey your parents, honor them. We could just go on and on in the commands that God had given us. But just loving him with all our heart, loving him and loving our neighbor as ourselves are first and the second commandments are we doing that is that are we showing that we love him do we view them as restrictions or are they grievous to us are his commands grievous to us first John 5 brings out that whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him 
loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. So you have love for your brethren. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. There is the same thing, keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. They're not grievous if we do it out of love for him. It shows that we love him. So have you left your first love? Realizing that his commands that he gives us are for our good and for an expression of his love. So by our obedience, it shows that we love him more than our tears for him. When we obey his command, it's a sign that we really love him. We have not left our first love. I have left my first love when I, when I fail to make Christ or his words known because I fear rejection. I have left my first love when I fail to make Christ or his words known because I fear rejection. John 15, 20. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So are we, am I afraid to speak up? But I'm ashamed to share or speak up for Jesus Christ because what they might think what they might say or what they might do. How often do I zip my mouth instead of speaking up for him? I have left my first love when I fail to make Christ or his words known because I fear rejection. I have left my first love, number six, when I refuse to give up an activity which I know is offending a weaker brother. When I refuse to give up an activity which I know is offending a weaker brother. Romans 14, 15. But if thy brother be aggrieved with thy meat, now, ha, let me start over. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. So, when I refuse to give up an activity which I know is offending a weaker brother. Paul here is saying that if, if, I, if he was eating meat and it offends his brother, he, in the context here he says that he was going to not eat meat. I had to think, am I willing to sacrifice something that is offensive for the sake of my brother? Whether it is eating meat or, you know, that's not something that offends, that is not something that's very practical for us today. But it, it was not a sin issue for Paul to be eating meat. But he said, if it offends someone or causes someone to stumble, I will do without. Am I willing, for the sake of the brotherhood, the sake of my brother, be willing to give something up if it benefits 
my brother, if it benefits my sister. This passage was, uh, reading it in different uh, translations is, it says, but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, it says, now walkest thou not charitably. Or if you are offensive to someone else, you are no more walking in love. Because a way of love is you're preferring the other person above yourself, so you're not going to do it if it offends him or if it offends him. Are you willing to give up that meat for the sake of your brother? And then it says, okay, you're no more walking in love. Then it says, destroy not him with thy meat for, what, for whom Christ died. The word destroy is a very strong word. It's the idea of, uh, in 1 Corinthians 8, is, is the word perish. So don't make a brother perish by the meat that you eat. It is a strong word, one that, yeah, I'd encourage you to study that word sometime. Do not destroy that brother. It's, it's obvious that by being offensive, you can destroy someone else. Don't value your meat more than Christ valued his life. It says, destroy not him with the meat for whom Christ died. Christ died for that brother. He says, don't destroy thy brother. Don't destroy him with your offense or whatever you're doing that's causing the offense. Don't destroy him for whom Christ died. Am I willing to give up an activity which I know is offending a weaker brother? Or do I refuse to and say, that's his problem. I'm all right. That's his problem, not mine. Paul was willing to give up meat. What is the meat we are eating that is offensive? Am I willing to give it up? Fairly young in, in the ministry, there was a brother came to, came to me uh, and said that, well, it was basically my wife used to go hunting. And uh, he said that he don't think women should go hunting. Their, their job is to be at home with the children rather than being out hunting. And, uh, well, that was pretty hard for us to... I took, I received it, and I, we talked it over, and it took a little while, but we finally decided, yeah, well, if that's what it, if that's offending a brother, we are willing to give it up. And uh, so my wife did quit hunting then. And we didn't tell the brother that we gave it up. We just, yeah, it, I don't know if he knows it to this day or not. But anyhow, it was just the idea of if it offends someone, am I willing to give that up for the sake of brotherhood? I don't think he'd care any bit now if she'd go hunting or not. <laughs> but.
she found her she was content in taking care of the children and being there and uh, now it'd be a lot of work to go out <laughs> we don't live where we used to no more so it's a little different but anyhow I'm just using that going hunting was not a sin issue but it was something that will offend someone am I willing to give it up what is my meat that I'm not willing to give up for the sake of my brother I have left my first love when I refuse to give up an activity which I know is offending a weaker brother I've left my first love when I become complacent to sinful conditions around me when I become complacent to sinful conditions around me when I become satisfied or content with the sinful conditions around us and give in rather than standing up for Christ what is or what is right when I become complacent when I become content you know it, it the things around us we kind of get used to eventually I still remember as a young boy divorce that was something that was only way out there in Hollywood wherever it wasn't in our families now it's in our families and do we view divorce for what it is or have we been have we grown used to the dark is what I think of sometimes divorce is just one thing what about marriage do we see marriage for what it how God created it one man one woman for life our society around us it's not one man one woman there's two men two women whatever you know am I willing to stand up for God and what is right what his word says A.W. Tozer says complacency is the deadly enemy of spiritual progress we need to be like Paul and continue to press toward that mark thinking of have I left my first love examining our lives where are my life where my love is for God is it where he would want it to be I think we can all have room to grow but if God has shown you something specifically I would like to say like he did to the church at Ephesus he said remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent when we aren't there don't let's not just act like everything is all right and keep right on going ahead repent and make the changes that need to be happening when we repent we'll do whatever it takes to be right with him again remember from whence our fallen and repent 
Whether we left or lost our first love, we can come back. He's willing to take us back when we repent. So, have you left your first love? When my soul does not long for times a rich fellowship in God's word or in prayer, I have lost or I have left my first love. When my thoughts during leisure moments do not reflect upon the Lord, I have left my first love. When I do not willingly and cheerfully give to God's work or to the needs of others, I have left my first love. When I view the commands of Christ as restrictions to my happiness rather than expressions of his love, I have left my first love. When I fail to make Christ or his words known because I fear rejection, I have left my first love. When I refuse to give up an activity which I know is offending a weaker brother, I have left my first love. When I become complacent to sinful conditions around me, I have left my first love. Where do you find yourself? Let's bow our heads in prayer. <clears throat>